and welcome to Chilenial Horrors, the horror podcast where we never turn our cameras off and we always keep recording no matter what. We are continuing our journey through the uh, found footage horror of the noughties and today we are tilting our cameras upwards to look back at two of the biggest big damn monster movies of the subgenre, Cloverfield and Troll Hunter. How, how, how are you feeling in general about found footage monsters? It's weird. I think there's a bit of crossover between what I remember as being found footage and which ones aren't. I think I've kind of muddled a, a kind of a noughties creature feature subgenre together in my head. So for some reason, sometimes I always think the host is found footage, but it's not at all. And monsters is, is the one that I always think like, oh, like Troll Hunter, like monsters. I think it was quite, they're quite similar in other ways. Mm. But yeah, I think when we were looking at which films are found footage uh, for the noughties... There were quite a few that I I thought there were more than there mm. were. So this is like the big damn monsters kind of subgenre of, of found footage, at least. In, and we're kind of cheating by having Troll Hunter in because it was released in 2010 in Norway and didn't come out in the UK until 2011. <laughs> but we need to have enough films to talk about. So, um, and Troll Hunter's great. I like Troll Hunter. So I think what's nice about looking at the found footage films from this era is that a lot of them still felt fun and fresh and exciting. Mm. We don't get into the, like, oh, I'm so done with found footage <laughs> vibe that I think came in the next decade. Yeah, although I think maybe not that much, not that far into the next decade, probably. No, it happens so fast. <laughs> I think yeah. It's one of those genres, isn't it, that kind of like appears and then burns out really fast just because there aren't that many new ideas to have with it. But uh, I think as much as we said, like paranormal activity is kind of a... Um, like model of what the genre should or could be I feel like Cloverfield is as well I think Cloverfield um, to me is like just the masterclass in in found footage uh, filmmaking so I guess we should do a plot synopsis so Cloverfield is about a group of friends who are having a party because one of them is about to move to Japan and they are um, the conceit for why they're filming is that they're filming sort of little going away messages for him at the party for him to watch later on which is very sweet but during the party a monster attacks Manhattan and then they are running away from it for the rest of the film basically I think we might be getting into the era where I was actually seeing some of these films at press screenings I'm pretty sure I saw this at a press screening Um, and I, I, I really loved it I went and found my review from you know the initial release of Cloverfield and I was like five out of five love it perfect <laughs> nice. how about you awesome. uh this one came out when I was at uni um I do remember going to see it at Cineworld Nottingham Cineworld and yeah loving it like I went with all my housemates and I think I remember the build-up to it mm. and all the mystery about R.J.J. Oh, J. Abrams is making a secret uh secret sci-fi movie and I remember all the kind of buzz about what it would be and like trailer breakdowns and stuff like that in magazines and on websites of like, oh what is Cloverfield? <laughs> what does Cloverfield mean? Yeah. So yeah, I think we're pretty ready for it. And then it was like I think my housemates was sort of also pretty nerdy. So I, I don't I'm not a massive gamer, but then there were lots of things that my housemates picked up on that were kind of video game references and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all like the big monster movie kind of references and stuff like that. Like just the fact that he's going to Japan yes. is so fun. It's like it's like yeah it is a big kaiju movie basically it is a kaiju movie yeah isn't there something about um uh, is it a, a brand a made it brand that's in lost that appeared that he's going to work i'm sure the company that he's going to yes, work yeah, for is been referenced in yeah. lost or something <laughs> well it's definitely yeah this was coming i guess at the kind of the right like i don't think it's the peak of the jj abrams kind of nerd 
God ahead, <laughs> sort of, or at least kind of in a business in a business sense. Um, but he's definitely like he was emerging as like the most exciting kind of producer slash filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So it was like from his from Bad Robot. That was part of the excitement, I think, at the time, definitely, because Lost was still a big thing at that point. And it was very much presented as a J.J. Abrams film as well, in that sort of Nightmare Before Christmas, Henry Selleck, Tim Burton thing. I always kind of forget it's Matt Reeves who directed it and Drew Goddard who wrote it. Yeah, Drew Goddard is good also, I think. I think I feel good things about most things he's written. Yeah, me too. And I love love Matt Reeves as well. I love his Planet of the Apes movies. I don't think I've seen any. Oh, they made me cry. (laughs) They're so emotional. Uh, but yeah, at this point, I think he he directed like a drama or something, or like a romantic comedy. He kind of got big after this, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I remember, do remember like all the kind of emotional stuff for it was uh, like the the Statue of Liberty head flying kind of through the air and landing on the ground and everyone screaming. Yeah, and 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 there's a bit where you can hear a line of dialogue that's not completely clear whether. Oh, I can't remember what it is. It's like there's something like. Uh, it's huge, it's something and uh, there was a theory on the internet that they were saying like, it's a lion <laughs> like people thought it was going to be a giant lion or it was going to be like um, uh, was it like a transformer or something, like they thought it might be something might be some kind of existing property but no, it's a new yeah, thing yeah, there was that stuff about, because J.J. Evans was attached to the Dark Tower at that point and I was like, I am swear I was remembered some rumours about it might be the Dark Tower but I don't think those were ever sort of seriously considered. And I've stopped watching Lost during season two, so I think a lot of the references are probably lost. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you were going to be our Lost correspondent because I think I gave up in season one. <laughs> I really liked Lost when it was just a bunch of people trapped on an island and then the conspiracy stuff started and I was like, nah. Yeah. I'm out. Well, I think the thing is with Cloverfield, like we've gone straight in on the, the conspiracy theories and the weirdness, but... I actually think you can you can just watch it as a straight monster movie. I don't think it. I don't think you necessarily need to be picking up on any of that because it's just a scary movie. I just really like how it just puts you on ground level as a monster attack is happening, and you're not kind of, you know, if you, if you're thinking about it like a sort of action movie alien invasion type thing, like you're normally with the the army or some kind of pilot or something who's going to be fighting it directly and in this case you're just on ground level with some kids who are just like living through it and they're not at the forefront of it and they're not like they don't have a particularly good view of it for ages like you only catch glimpses they're just trying to like yeah live through this horrifying attack that they can't understand and they can't really see i mean obviously the 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 9-11 metaphor is unavoidable but like i don't know i just like that that take that you're you're not there knowing what's going on the whole time you're just in the in the shoes of someone who is trying to survive while all this shit's going down definitely yeah i think i've forgotten how much well i've forgotten how kind of obvious the 9-11 stuff is the fact that actually someone says like is this a terrorist attack or and there's all of it, yeah, like the kind of the big buildings being knocked over. And oh, there's yeah. a lot of like first responders being covered in dust and stuff like that. And yeah, everyone panicking and saying, oh my God, kind of looking up at something exploding in the sky. Yeah, because it's, it's that, 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 that kind of terror of the first moments when you just don't know what's going on. Mm. Like you, all you know is that something is exploding and going on fire and being knocked over and, and you're just kind of seeing a stampede of people and that's kind of it. You don't know, you can't tell what's 
going on the news cameras haven't got there yet there's no one to like let you know anything the um i think they say that like the like all mobile phone signals are all fucked up because everyone's trying to use them and and they can't get through to anyone so there's just, you're just completely in the dark with whatever this thing is which is scary yeah i think sometimes watching it because i've watched it a few times since and since the cinema and there's the, there is the the kind of monster loving part of me that's like <laughs> can we just please get a good look at yeah. these monsters you do eventually <laughs> you do eventually you get your yeah. payoff but there's a lot of yeah just kind of running through the streets and shouting oh my god and you can catch a glimpse of like a tail or um something moving in through the dust or something like that which is it's all done really well it's really it just really it's really fun because it just lets you imagine what the hell it could be like i do like it when you finally see clover but uh you know there's nothing scarier than what you can imagine based on just a glimpse mm. yeah definitely <laughs> i think it is fun that it does that and then it also has to have because yeah they're, they're trying to get across some part of new york and if i knew new york better i'd understand a bit more about where they're trying to get yeah. to they're, they're, they're on manhattan aren't they and they can't say they're stuck on the island yeah because the bridge goes down over. really early on when they're trying to get across the bridge mm. yeah brooklyn bridge gets smashed yeah uh so they, at one point they have to go through the subway tunnels and that's just what i was thinking about when i was like oh you don't really get a good look at the monsters like that is one where it's almost like the well you know we've got these huge monsters that are almost too big to comprehend but obviously there would be little spider crab things that want to attach themselves to your face actually <laughs> but um yeah crawling along with you. and that is such a brilliant sequence when they're walking through the oh, subway it's tunnels so and it's just like turn the turn the light off and then they look at at the ceiling it's always like eyes on the ceiling oh. looking down at them just 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 that moment where they real like suddenly realize that there are rats running around their feet and they're all running in the same direction yes. away from something and you're like oh shit like whatever it is it's gonna be something horrible i just really like how like i feel like at the time there was a lot of criticism of the characters and how i don't know they weren't particularly likable or whatever and i feel like they just feel quite real to me like yeah maybe they're some of them are just dicks but like they feel like people you could meet i feel like i understand who they are and what they're trying to do at all times which is the most important thing maybe yeah that's true i i think my yeah my criticism of them would be that they're not very memorable but i think that's actually right what you're saying that they're there's no kind of confusion about oh why are they doing this like he seems like he would be that kind of guy who just said like oh no i just have to go and obviously after one one character gets killed off early on his He's just like, well, all I've got left is going to do this thing. Yes. Yeah, I think um, it sets up a lot of emotional strands really early on because of that quite smart conceit of having it be like little goodbye messages. So Mm. when you meet the characters, they're instantly telling you who they are and how they're related to one another, um, but in quite a nice way that doesn't feel as uh, written as it is. I think it's, it's nice. And the other... The other really smart thing in this film that I don't think I've seen in any other fan footage movie is he's recording over an old tape um, mm. that was in that was just happened to be in the camera. And sometimes when he stops to like turn the camera off, um, the tape will kind of blip a little bit, and you'll see what was on the tape before they recorded over it. Which like that's how I remember when I was at university using cameras to film things. Like I was making a student film, and managed to record over half of it because I didn't remember that I'd run it back to like rewatch something and yeah but <laughs> but just that that kind of like really interesting like understanding of the format like using it really cleverly I don't think I've seen any other film do that but I really like that that you're just seeing snippets of 
um, I've forgotten what his name is. It's Beth and is it Rob? Rob is the main guy, yeah. Yeah, and like they were going on, they were went on a date to Coney Island and had a lovely day. Um, and that's the the video that's been recorded over. So you get these like very poignant <laughs> little snippets of them having a fun date before you cut back to the monster disaster movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it does have a real. It's a film that really understands kind of all the genres that it's working in. I think. Yeah, yeah, that. I, I'd almost forgotten about that, the um, the cleverness of having that as like a weird, not quite framing device, but like a little back and forth. But yeah, obviously like all the kind of monster movie references, but all the the fact that I, it's like a criticism, I think, in a, with a lot of films, but like this feels like it uses video game kind of plot development in a really smart way to make things feel frantic, that you just kind of, you are getting shuffled about through from one location to the next. And it's like, well, we've got to go here to get here. If you go this way, then you're going to have to go through the tunnel monsters. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to climb up the side of a building, kind of all that stuff. But like it does, and there's kind of like I've written my notes like non-playable characters. <laughs> but like there's like the kind of occasional army person goes like, you can't go this way. You're going to have to go that way. Um, and yeah. you need to get like, don't forget, you need to be here by this time. Otherwise, this is the helicopter that's going to oh, take yeah. off without you. And, yeah, and like seeing a helicopter that. take off and then being knocked out of the sky is such like a video game moment of like, oh no, that thing that we thought we were going to work out is actually fine, so uh, not fine, so we've uh, <laughs> got to jog this way and dodge the monsters. <laughs> it almost feels like a zombie movie with those kind of things, like a Dawn of the Dead kind of situation. Uh, mm. But yeah, I, I, I like that it's just so relentless. Like, there's always something coming. It's, it's, and because it's found footage, it's like it's real time, more, more or less. So yeah, you're just kind of yeah. with them as all this shit's going down. And I feel like you never forget that there's someone behind the camera and that that is an actual character. Whereas so many kind of found footage films just seem to hand the camera to someone who is then completely silent and <laughs> and just is a camera person. And you're like, that's not really, that's not really how things work. Yeah, they'll ask him a question every ten minutes. Yeah. Like, hey, what was that? <laughs> but I, I feel like you—you know—he's you, constantly talking to the people he's interviewing at the beginning, and then just you kind of have his running commentary the whole time, and like even just in like the choice of film of things that he films. I don't know. I just think I just I just think it's so well crafted. This film, I really love mm. it. <laughs> yes, the the HUD, he's called HUD. Yes, so that's the heads up display joke, which is I remember my yeah gamer housemate at the time going like. That's heads up. Like, okay. <laughs> but like again, I don't think it loses anything if you don't know that. Like I think I didn't no, didn't yeah. clock that on I first viewing. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of things that you pick up afterwards because in the the first viewing it is very full on. I think it's especially if you see it in the cinema, it is very like in the video game that kind of first person thing. That's the effect that you're getting here. It's just like it's all happening almost to you. Yeah, I think with the, some of those characters, like I think. Obviously, it's a shame that HUD's played by T.J. Miller, who is obviously reportedly an incredibly awful person. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Oh uh, yeah. Well, it's a good thing he's behind the camera. You can't see yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> can't see him. But I've forgotten Lizzie. I always forget Lizzie Kaplan's in it, and she's so good as Marlena. A lot of the other characters feel bland, but she's just having the best time. And then her exit is so good. I remember at the cinema the um, the British that I don't feel good and like, is bleeding from her eyes. Like, anytime someone's bleeding from their eyes in a horror movie, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably also in reality, if someone starts bleeding from their eyes, that's uh, not a I good sign. Like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's, it does have those big moments of creature feature, kind of, I, don't, I can't even tell what that is. And then it does, it does bring it down to kind of proper skin crawling, yeah, horror. And I think I've forgotten 
how much heroism and how bleak it is. Yeah, really, really sad. Really wrenching, like, right from quite early on, I think. So, you know, we've mentioned the bridge collapse and, and one of the characters who's Rob's brother, Jason, I think, uh, gets killed in that bridge collapse. Uh, he's not a very memorable character in and of himself, but there is a horrible moment when they are in the subway and Rob manages to um, get a phone call through from his mum and has to tell her that Jason's died. And you're like, fuck, this is bleak as fuck. I've forgotten. It's yeah, really like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's horrid. <laughs> it's really nasty. I was like, oh, Mike Vogel's in this. I hadn't watched it for a while. I was like, he's such a sort of of that time, like older brother, <laughs> like... Oh, he's going to take charge, and, and no, he's going to get knocked off a bridge because he's out in front. Yeah. <laughs> I think the characters. Yeah, I think I agree with your point that they are. I don't find them memorable, and like Rob, I just spend a lot of the film wondering who he reminds me of. <laughs> Did um, you figure it out? I think he's one of those people who's got a face that's like seven other actors' faces. <laughs> There's like a bit of yeah. Michael Vartan in there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, lankier Michael Vartan. But I, th- I kind of think, in a way, like it doesn't. It, the film gives you just enough that you understand this idea that, you know, he's gone on a few dates with this girl, but, like, he's going to move away to Japan and there's that kind of awkwardness in their relationship and, and it's not resolved. And then once his brother dies and then he thinks that, like, he might die any moment or she might die um, and it just becomes his, like, all-consuming thing, like, his way of trying to get a little bit of control back of this situation that's massively out of his control is like he's got to find her um he and once she calls him and says like she's trapped in her apartment building like it, that he just has a completely single-minded focus on like i have to get to her um and every, even though everyone's saying like you can't go that way it's really dangerous you're gonna <laughs> die like she's probably already dead that building's fallen over that's like all that's all he can like he's that's all he's he's focused on and i think like that feels really understandable to me in a way that you can be like, oh God, why would you do that? But like, I don't know, I think they set up like just enough of this like emotional journey for him that you're like, yeah, I get that. Like in this situation, you just think, well, I, I might fucking die any moment anyway. So I, I at least want to tell this woman that I love her before we all die. Like, okay, I can see how that yeah. would happen. <laughs> and they do do a good enough job, I think, of establishing that it's not an easy way off yeah. the island as well. Like, I think my first thought was like, oh, they can't just leave. I was like, no, they can't just leave. But yeah, so by the time they, they are shimmying up a building <laughs> that's been knocked onto it, like, not halfway onto its side, it's like, you, but yeah, you just kind of like, oh, okay, that's the next thing. You're not thinking, like, oh my God, why on earth are they doing that? <laughs> um, well, it's that thing of, like, you've come this far. Well. Yeah, yeah, you might as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then it all um, ends so horribly. It does, yeah. I think I remember that you, you're, you're watching the first helicopter take off thinking that's the one that's going to get knocked out of the sky and that's the one that makes it and then it's their helicopter that gets knocked out of the sky I think that's right isn't it yeah kind of watching them try and nuke this uh, or not nuke but do a massive airstrike on the monster and obviously reaches up and knocks their chopper out of the sky I think in my head it has become I, I remember it as being a much more kind of fun sort of yeah upbeat kind of like, <laughs> big, big monster movie I think in my head that's how it like Oh, it's the one with like the monster and it's a head getting knocked off for the Statue of Liberty and a lot of running around and I remember always remember Lizzie Kaplan like popping, but um <laughs> Yeah, it is really bleak. Like and it ends on a, such a downer. It really reminds me of um have you seen Miracle Mile? 
yeah, yeah. Thinking about like that ending, like reminds me of that in a way. That that mm. in like the whole film again. I guess helicopters as well. Like, the whole film is like something bad is coming and we have to get out of here. And there's a ticking clock and he like wants to save the girl and you know you're going through all these all these um obstacles and challenges and you kind of think in a film normally if you achieve all of that then you get to have your happy ending and like yeah. they don't and it's the sim it's really similar feeling of like like at the end their helicopter spoilers sorry for america Mar, but like yeah at the end their helicopter crashes into a tar pit and they die <laughs> like Oh, that, oh, shit! <laughs> I feel awful. <laughs> That's not what's supposed so to happen. It's so yeah, fucking oh bleak. I was so not warned. Bleak. My husband just sprung it on me and didn't tell me it was going to do that. And I was like, "Why? <laughs> Why would you do this?" <laughs> I think I've been warned that it was sad, but then nothing can really prepare you for how sad the end of that film is because Anthony Edwards is such a sweetheart. No, and when you're watching it, you're like, "Well, this this yeah. doesn't seem that sad. <laughs> it seems fine. <laughs> it's stressful, but not sad." And then. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking of the legacy of Cloverfield as well. It's interesting, yeah, I hadn't put the Miracle Mile connection together at all, but I do, it does feel like it set the template for kind of like looking up at the monsters. Mm. Yeah, like I think Mon- like Monk's Gareth Edwards' monsters feels like it owes a lot to Cloverfield. And the host, I think, as well, which is, yeah. is a couple of years before. But then they went the rather unusual route of kind of Frankensteining together two sequels rather than. I think they've, they've talked about doing sequels for years and then 10 Cloverfield Lane was, I think, I think I'm think i right in saying it was an original script, then got 10 to a Cloverfield movie. I think so. it must have been. Yeah, is and it... then the Cloverfield Paradox was the same thing. <laughs> and people went nuts for the 10 Cloverfield Lane. It was like, oh, great, Cloverfield Surprise. And then Cloverfield Paradox, they were like, no, don't, don't want that. That's how, I, that's, <laughs> that's how I feel, I think. <laughs> I was like, 10 Cloverfield Lane I really enjoyed. I think I just really, I just like really talky movies and that is basically some people in a in a confined space yeah. talking <laughs> with like a bit of alien invasion book ending at the end yeah I, I are you supposed to think that it does tie into the same invasion or, or whatever's happening in cloverfield is it supposed to be the same yeah i think it's, I it's supposed to be happening at the same time and then i think cloverfield paradox is also around the same time or is it just afterwards or something i think it's when they're fighting back I think it's... But that was one I remember, like... The Clo- 10 Cloverfield Lane, the Cloverfield connection was a massive surprise. Like, no one had leaked or anything. Mm. And then Cloverfield... And then it was, like, anything being made by Bad Robot after that was immediately, like, oh, this is probably a secret Cloverfield sequel. And they even denied it. <laughs> and the actors were like, oh, I don't think that's right. And then someone was like, it is, officially. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like it even the actors didn't know. <laughs> Just like, no. We well, could, like, <laughs> like see, like... It's just a bit of, like, I think it's literally just a bit of Donald Logue on a screen sort of talking about aliens or something. Yeah. And there's, like, a bit of extra footage shot, like, was shot around it. I think you could have made most of that movie without knowing that you're in a Glenfield film. But is it, is, I did find it interesting that there's sort of a... You kind of get one shot at delivering a secret sequel to something, and you get one, one go yeah. of people being delighted by it. And then <laughs> after that, people just get really annoyed. So just do Cloverfield too. Do you remember the day when uh, they revealed that Blair Witch was Blair Witch? It was. That it was, was exciting. Day. That was a fun day. I still like Blair Witch. <laughs> oh, I might need to give it another go at some point. But um, just, just, <laughs> just the delight of like, oh my god, yeah. it's a secret Blair Witch sequel. <laughs> but then it turned out no one cared apart from like us and <laughs> other people on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
America didn't, didn't have their interest in finding out. So, oh, right. Yeah, I think if you do start doing things like... Um, like, the, like, I think, you know, going back to the um, thing about, like, the clues and the sort of ARG online elements, like, you have to know that's going to be a tiny yeah. fraction of your audience. Everyone else might watch the film and just be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah. I guess, um, yeah, because all the secret website stuff and all the clues and the trailers, but then it was a really good trailer for Cloverfield. Like, it was, if you saw that at the cinema, I'd be like, yes, yeah. I'm definitely going to go see that movie. What was that film that... Um, uh, I feel like it was like an exorcism film or something where it just ended with a URL when they were like to find out what happened go to this website and everyone was like what the fuck I've got no idea that sounds amazing <laughs> I can't remember I think I just, I just remember like the absolute outrage of like what <laughs> you mean there's not an end to this film like, people don't want to do that. People, the vast majority of people just want to watch a film. They don't want to be told, uh, now do some research. <laughs> I do remember the days of, you know, you'd have to try and unlock a clue to like watch a clip or something. Yeah. <laughs> Solve this puzzle oh. to watch like a, a 20 second clip from the next Saw movie or something. It's like, okay. I feel like the last time I saw one of those, it wasn't even really one of those, was... Um, Birds of Prey, that image that had the URL hidden in one of the tassels on Harley Quinn's jacket. Oh, that's it was cool. really, I didn't really know about that. yeah, really, really, really tiny. You had to really <laughs> zoom in to find it. Um, and like, yeah, I guess the vast majority of people are not going to do that if they, especially if they don't know there's anything hidden in an image. Like, how often do you see a promo photo and be like, I'm actually going to zoom that up to like 400% just to check if there's anything hidden? <laughs> Oh, it feels like the new Hellraiser, that's got to be the one to bring it back. Like, if any yeah. horror movie is going to bring back sneaky codes. Yes. Just to put boxes everywhere, like, you have to get into and, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> I really hope that's good, but I was thinking about Hellraiser when you were talking about Frankensteining scripts yeah. um, into franchises, because there's so many of those fucking Hellraiser ones. I don't, know, I don't know what the right words would be to describe it being, like, the gold standard like the shit standard for Frankenstein <laughs> um, the scripts but yeah the Hellraiser franchises yeah um, uh, I can't in any way segue from that's a bad franchise into Trollhunter but, but let's move on to Trollhunter anyway yeah Andrea Vidal probably got links to a Hellraiser remake at some point right literally everyone yeah why not um, but yeah Trollhunter what a lovely film <laughs> <laughs> That's a segue. <laughs> well, that's that covered. <laughs> I actually have to admit to feeling quite disappointed by Trollhunter on a rewatch because I remembered it being really fun and then I found it a little bit dull. Maybe because I knew what was... Maybe because the, the element of surprise was gone and it's not as much of a sort of like adrenaline pumping action film in the way that Cloverfield is. It's just... no. There's a lot of landscape. It feels more sedate, even though there's a lot going on. There's, uh, I will, it's, it was longer than I remembered it, and <laughs> like yes. it's twenty minutes or so, and there's a lot more beautiful landscape. Like I think uh, we watched, I watched it with my partner, and I, just, I do remember saying like, "Oh, Norway's so beautiful," like a lot, and I shouldn't really be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, Troll Hunter is a film about a group of uh, students who are, I think they're, they're journalism students, or mm-hmm. they're, they're making, like, a student film, and they stumble across this kind of, like, these, yeah, an, like animals who have died mysteriously, and somehow they pick up on the trail of this reclusive hunter-type man who's got a van and lots of weird equipment, and they follow him into the woods one night, 
hoping to catch him doing something weird. And instead they discover that he is the troll hunter of the title. He goes out in, in the night <laughs> hunting trolls so you didn't have to know that they exist. So it's kind of a yeah monster hunting comedy, I think mostly. It's, yeah. a, it's a found footage. It's almost like a comedy about bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah. Because he works for the government and doesn't really get much money. He sort of gets a stipend, it seems like. It is out of his van. has to deal with irritating government stooges and not getting, not having proper equipment a lot of the time. And he's just got so grumpy about his situation that he decides that, fuck it, I'm just going to talk to the students and tell them exactly what's happening. And yeah, off they set to find this uh, rabid troll that is changing, the, is infecting the other trolls and changing their behaviour. And I remember watching this at his Empire Big Screen when that was a thing. Uh, so I think I did write a review of this. This was a review for Funhouse. I think I gave it a four out of five. I really enjoyed it. And I think it's easy to love a film that has got such a memorable hook with there's a lot of, kind of like found footage in the night and then sorts of trees and then as he emerges and screams troll. Troll, yeah. <laughs> just troll. <laughs> yeah, there's and that moment. Troll. I think that was that that's the bit like when you come out of it you remember that part and you remember like the end bit where you find out that like the whole Norwegian government is in on it and that, that you're yeah. like, that is great and then you sort of forget that there's this whole sort of middle bit where it just takes forever to, to, to get going, it feels like. But, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the monsters look great. The trolls themselves. They really when do, you yeah. When you, like, first see them, they're really cool. Um, Like, the three-headed one and stuff. They're just really fun. Yeah. great. <laughs> so funny. Like, I think there's such a great mixture of, kind of like, looking like they've been, they've come from, like, a children's book. Mm. But then, I think they are still pretty scary. And I, I was really impressed by how well they held up, actually. Because I, had, I hadn't, hadn't seen it since it came out, I don't think. And I had I remembered them looking cool, but I had no memory of why I thought they looked cool. Mm. And I thought they still looked great. Yeah, they were like, yeah, properly brightening kind of place up as well. They are. And, and, and I think they're tapping into um, something that I was definitely terrified of throughout my childhood. Like you're saying they look like they're out of a fairy tale or something or a children's book. And I spent quite a lot of my childhood very worried that the BFG was going to be looking through my window or trying to come <laughs> and eat me. So I feel like they kind of tapped yes. into that. Like there's a slight, like, like some of their faces are quite goofy looking, but there's still these gigantic things and you just, and there's just sort of quite a kind of primal fear, I think. That... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly right. They are goofy, but like they, they're enraged a lot of the time. They're really <laughs> furious. Um, and you see what they can do to people and, like, and to animals as well. And there's like, oh, there's like the one hiding under the bridge and stuff like that. But there is a there is a real sense of peril, I think, to the yeah the kind of the sequences where they're going looking for trolls and like mm. hiding in the cave and stuff. Also, also kind of like Cloverfield, like it's, it's surprisingly bleak in places. Like someone does get killed. The whole thing about ask he asks the students if any of them uh, are religious, but kind of doesn't tell them why. I think, and then it turns out that yeah, that thing from uh, where does that even come from? Is it is it like Jack and the Beanstalk or something about he can smell the blood of a Christian blood man? A Christian yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> yes, it turns out it's a cameraman, and they're just having to keep rubbing himself with the <laughs> it's like troll goo or troll sweat, and he's having to kind of you know, stuck in the cave because they um, so one of them sat in front of their little escape route. And he's just he's sweating and rubbing the the, the goo all over him, and it just doesn't work. Just, <laughs> just sweating through it, it's so upsetting. <laughs> I think that the yeah the idea that this stuff kind of like stinks so much and is so disgusting, it gives you a real like visceral like ugh, yeah. 
Troll Musk, yeah. <laughs> Troll Musk. But mostly, I think, I, I, I'm, when I went to see it for the first time, I didn't realise it would be funny. And I think that's why I love it so much. Yeah, I think it took me a while the first time to realise that it was funny. Like, I think just because I wasn't really, yeah, I wasn't really prepared for that. And so it sort of took a minute to be like, oh, hang on, this this isn't what I expected it to be. I have to kind of recalibrate what I'm doing. And, and also, I, I can't remember. I swear I saw it subtitled when I saw it in the cinema. And then when I rewatched it and rented it from somewhere, it was dubbed. So maybe that's why I didn't enjoy it as much this time around. Yeah, I, I think I watched it on Shadow and it was dubbed. Oh, no, sorry, subtitled. It was subtitled on Shadow. But yeah, I just love the main character is just so fantastically grumpy. <laughs> it's kind of almost what you'd expect, like from the kind of a rugged troll hunter, but he's just just seems genuinely tired and pissed off. Like he's not like in good shape, and he eats like you see him eating breakfast, and it's like all <laughs> that kind of like sausage and bacon and stuff like that. It's it just he looks like he's not looking after himself. And there was something that's really, I really love a about that. I think that your sort of secret badass troll hunter is just someone who drives a van around, has a big coat, and is just absolutely shattered and pissed off. <laughs> Which I think, you know, it's, it's obvious, yeah, the, the, the note of satire there, I think, is probably very, very um, on point. Like, <laughs> yeah, the people who probably keep, re- like, well, <laughs> maybe kept the country on, on its rails since it feels like it's gone very much off uh, over the last year or so. But like, yeah, they, you know, your civil servants or whatever, it's just mostly people in like shitty offices being overworked and overtired and just, yeah, yeah, getting on with things. There's not much glamour to it. Yeah, and like the point of, his point of contact is someone who's, like the PR guy, is, is the guy who goes out on the news and says, um, Oh yeah, this was a bear. Like it's a Russian bear. <laughs> Russian bears do this; so they behave differently. Yeah. And there's like there's uh, this like Polish like cleanup. Yes, who they're my favourite. Bring a Russian bear. <laughs> they're really excited to be on TV. And that that, that that's my favourite line in this movie. Obviously, it's you know translated, but like this is um why why problem make when you know problem have you don't want to make and I'm like exactly. <laughs> Oh, I love the vet as well. There's like that vet that you go to see. Yes. Who knows that trolls are yes. real? Yes. And then, but then he has to go to the elect. Uh, like the people who are managing the power lines, yes. the power grid for basically the entirety of Norway, and they don't know. Like the, there's a line about how they don't realise that the power lines are just there to keep yes. the. It's like a giant electric fence around the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, giant electric fence. Yeah. So we don't know where they keep going down at the moment, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know. I think, I mean, I'm just going to blame it on it being dubbed, I think. I think that wasn't a good way to watch it. I wish that I spoke all languages. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that it is too long and I didn't, I was reading about it and apparently it was mostly improvised. I think Andre Ovidal wrote a script and then said encouraged everyone mm. to go off it. And a lot of the older actors are established comedians in Norway. Uh, the guy who played the troll hunter, and I think at least the guy who, played, who manages mm-hmm. the electricity grid. And but they're not playing it; they're all playing it really straight. Like it's uh, it's not quite a mockumentary because it it's all too. It is obviously heightened in the circumstances, but it's um, it's weird how after a certain point, like even the students are just sort of going along with it. Like none of them are sort of like, "Can you believe we're hunting trolls?" It's like, oh, what's next? And it's like, well, he's going to go and get his next one. So, okay. Well, then they have to bring in a new camera person and, and they're just like, ah, uh, <laughs> we didn't really tell you quite what's happening here. <laughs> and there was uh, the, the stuff about how he 
kind of basically did a troll, like a slaughter of trolls at one point, and is really sad about it. Yeah, I don't know. There's like a, there's a weird vibe to it that I don't know. It is funny, but then it is bleak in a quite Scandinavian way. I was going to say, yeah, that's you Scandinavians all over. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously love it for that. And then, yeah, the ending just is a real kick in the face. And I was just, it made me think of Monty Python's Holy Grail, like when you go on this big adventure and then suddenly the people show up at the end and lock it all down and take everyone away. I don't know if that's a bit of a stretch. I'm not familiar enough with Monty Python, so I'm like dredging my brain. Like <laughs> I just, At the end of Holy Grail, like, uh, I remember being quite upset by it as a kid where the knights are about to cross... The, the water to go to the castle and then um, because they've murdered everyone along the way the police just show up and put them on the back of a van and shut, the, shut it all down <laughs> um, I remember being quite upset by it as a kid and I think this is it feels weirdly similar where just like, it's also like a bit like 70s bleak horror movie ending where mm. like no no word of this is ever getting out shut it all down but there's like a Terry Gilliamness to the, the monsters I think mm. I, love like the mm-hmm. I can see that satire the kind of government satire stuff yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's scrappy and it's, t- it's too long, but I, I do love it. It's maybe not as wonderful <laughs> as I remembered it. Yeah, I think of the two, like, I still thought that Cloverfield was brilliant, or as I was a little bit disappointed by Trollhunter. See, I, I find Cloverfield watching it on a small screen, it's always slightly more disappointing. I think, and I do kind of feel like that with Trollhunter as well, because I think, especially the end of Trollhunter, where it's him. Like, you see him from a distance on his, on his cheek, these big lights, flashing up against this enormous creature. And it's so beautiful that I really think that's fantastic, all that stuff. But you do lose a bit of the scale. I think Cloverfield I do still really like, but I do think I'm never really... The, the experience of watching that at the cinema is so kind of unique, I think, that one. Yeah. I was just trying to quickly look up what... Um, oh, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Andre, Andre Overdahl something like that and um, what he's working on now but I I feel like I've seen The Autopsy of Jane Doe um, which I liked with the also obvious caveat about cast yes. issues <laughs> um, but yeah other than that I, I don't think I've seen anything he's worked on and I guess the, uh, the, yeah The Autopsy of Jane Doe was much more of a straightforward horror yeah it did take him a long time to make, to get round to the next thing which I do always wonder with found footage stuff because I think Matt Reeves really hurt for having directed a massive <laughs> Sound footage movie. He seems to get out okay. But yeah, I think it's about is it yeah. six years or seven years until the Andre Vidal did Jane Doe. But then that seemed to put him back on the map again and he did scary stories to in the dark, which I liked. It's, I thought it was pretty good. I haven't watched it because I think I watched the trailer and the bit with the spiders and I was just like, ah, oh, fuck this. <laughs> this looks awful. <laughs> he is making The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is uh, a film I've been, I remember writing news stories about for about a decade. <laughs> I was going to say, that feels like another one of these like films that it, it'll be very surprising if we ever actually get to see they're, they're it. They're filming um, it. It's actually happening. I think, do you think that there's like a stigma attached to directing fan footage in it, like in the way that like people maybe don't think of it as being directed as such? Like, because the conceit of it is, this is just a person picking up a camera. People just don't think that the director is any good. They're definitely, I remember the Blair Witch guy is saying that that definitely was the case for them. I guess it might depend on the circumstances in which you make it. Like, if you make it for a studio, then... Like, Cloverfield obviously had a massive budget, so it's not really an issue. They wouldn't have just given it to any old dickhead. <laughs> but, and I think Andre Vidal had made a film before Trollhunter, but I've not seen it. But, yeah, I don't know. It seems like it's such a... There was such a rash of them 
in the naughty and then in the tens. Mm. And I'm just racking my brain trying to think of people who did kind of move on from making the first. Uh, I, I want to say Christopher Landon, but I don't know if that was his first. Because he did one of the paranormal activities, he did, didn't yeah. he? One of the late ones. But yeah, I can't think it feels of it. Like probably less of a stigma <laughs> attached to it now, but I think at the time it feels like it probably was. Okay, well, are we. Have we run out of fan footage in the noughties then? It's <laughs> a very short fan footage series after all. No, we've got loads more. I think we'll at least two oh, more. Oh, we haven't done Rack, have we? Not done Rack. Great. Um, Great. Okay. Not done Naroi the Curse. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've got the sad ones, but we do also have Rack. And okay. I think we're going to do Diary of the Dead. I'm not sure that we've discussed that, but I've decided that it would be a good one to do. <laughs> okay, so we do have more fan footage. Um, and, and yeah, it, it felt really um, hypocritical at the beginning of this episode to be like, where well, we never stop recording, where I'm like, except for we took two months to record an episode. But um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we couldn't turn the camera off, it's no, fine. the camera's still rolling, it's just that life things happened. Yeah, I think that, um, I think that, that that criticism feels like it should have it should have gone away by now. Like when you watch, you know, it always used to be like in the, with the Blair Witch and with Cloverfield, like why wouldn't they just put the camera down? And then like reality proves that people don't put the camera down. They do keep yeah, filming. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I, I never really had a massive problem with the, why are you still filming this? I think my problem is always like, does this need to be found footage? Like what are you using this for? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the sort of, I always come back to the gallows as like one of my least favourite. Oh, that is fucking awful. We don't have though. to talk about it because it was 20. No. Was, yeah, a few years ago now. But, um, yeah, just to sort of... It shouldn't be lazy, and I don't think either of these films are lazy at all. It's about Cloverfield, obviously, very much not lazy. I don't know. Troll Hunter needs to be found footage, but I think you get so much from the energy of it and the kind of the... I almost think it does, in order to have an excuse to put someone, like, naive with this guy. Mm. Like, otherwise how do you get this, to this story yeah and Cloverfield obviously is is just doing a sort of new take on a kaiju movie but yeah there were a lot of very lazy ones that just seemed to be like oh well it'll be cheaper if we don't film properly yeah. um, and like there are so many of them where you know like the footage has been edited down or whether they kind of try and do the, the Blair Witch or Paranormal Activity thing of like the police department has put this together after <laughs> the fact and then you're like well why did they edit in the scene where they're just uh, moaning about take, whether they're uh, you know going to run out of petrol or something and you're just like what? <laughs> <laughs> like why would edit this? Why were you filming this? What are you doing? But yeah I think I think we can I think we can dig out a few more gems before we give up on fan footage forever. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So in the meantime, we are on Twitter at Chillennial HPod, so please uh, drop us a line and tell us what kind of monster you would keep filming. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I would like to see a Gilman. Mm. I think they're cool. They're like a fa- has there been a fan footage werewolf film? Ooh. I don't know. I'm not sure there has. That would be that would be cool. Just want to re- remake American Werewolf, but like. Oh god! Don't, don't say that. It's fan footage. So <laughs> <laughs> like tomorrow I'll be announced that oh yeah, moving ahead with fan footage American Werewolf in London remake. <laughs> <laughs> it could work. <laughs> it could. Totally, I can see it. It's all unfolding in my head right now. It makes too much sense. It makes too much sense. <laughs> it does make too much sense. Okay, I'm going to stop talking before I jinx the horror film industry. So, um, thanks for listening, and hopefully, we will not take as long to get back to you next time. Bye.